Man, you broke your camera. You went so fast on that one. Really? Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, Matt, it's another week. Hey, oh. Uh oh. Matt, I got a loop plane. What's going on over there? <laughs> That's me pulling up our YouTube page. <laughs> All right, let's get right into this because, uh, my God, there's so many events happening in just the past six days. I don't even know if we're going to have time for all of them. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to an almost superheroing, a super, superheroing <laughs> AS8, a uh, jean shorts rocking, a growing, a cryptic Instagram posting episode of The Brothers of Discussion. Matt, we're going to be talking an eventful weekend uh, with Money in the Bank just behind us. Uh, a very eventful uh, one in a raw with a series of returns. Um, and a NXT superstar getting his big debut match in the spotlight against Jeff Hardy. Can't wait to talk that one with Matt. Uh, Matt, we got some goofballs debuting in AEW. And, of course, it looks like... Two of the dirtiest names, and I'm talking dirt sheet. Two of the dirt sheetiest names in all of professional <laughs> wrestling have cropped up again to break new ground. Matt, somehow, some way, it is July 22nd, 2021, and we're going to be talking CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Woo! Not wrestling for WWE, button. but wrestling for somebody else. My God. Uh, how many times that? have we had this conversation? How many times? <laughs> I know. That's why I try to put the date in there. Um, just as a reminder, like we're gonna we're gonna give CM Punk a moment of our time, but Daniel Bryan, this looks like it's this is for real. There's real smoke, um, as the street prophets like to say. But Matt, before we get into wrestling, you know, you're you're a person, I'm a person. Um I've been really sick all week. Uh, it's been terrible. It's been no good, very bad. Um, I've barely watched any wrestling. I've, I've just watched clips with my eyes falling out of my head, coughing lungs out of my body. But you know what? You got to go through the bumps, just like Daniel Bryan would. So, Matt, how are things over at the Casa de Eddie and Teddy on this spicy week of wrestling? uh they're they're great we put up a uh, backsplash today it was it was a rough day uh we got maybe a half of the work done but uh, now, the whole time backsplash do you mean home construction or teddy shotgun to turd onto the wall <laughs> yeah we're, we're doing some home construction but he also just made a mess all over himself and my wife right before we started so the whole episode was almost put in jeopardy, but uh, I was also busy today, Mike, and my wife is probably not too thrilled about this. And uh, quick shout out to Logan Raymond. Thank you for following us. Unfortunately, this is our pro wrestling show, but I was also busy celebrating the uh, Steve Eisenman <laughs> fleecing of the Carolina Hurricanes today as uh, Nadelkovich comes over to the Detroit Red Wings. I mean... Honestly, uh, a Vesna candidate, um, if, if there ever was one, is now a Detroit Red Wing for almost nothing. So, uh, Logan, we'll have that episode coming out uh, soon. And, of course, we're going to wrap in some, some draft uh, coverage tomorrow. So uh, keep an eyeball out for that. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, tonight's pro wrestling. So Check out the shop because uh, we're going to be giving away those uh, Red Wing. Uh, I got fleeced by Steve Eisermans. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, checkout, yeah, it's uh, com on the homepage is the shop button. We do still have available our uh, Iser Plan fleece 
fleece, which I uh, could not be more proud of. Uh, selling like hotcakes, as always, whenever there's a an Iser plant fleecing. Uh, another, so another swindling. Why do people? Man, hot tag. Before we get into it, why do why do opposing GMs still answer the phone when Steve calls? Um. Uh, <laughs> I'm worried about our pro wrestling audience, but Logan's the only one watching right now. So I, <laughs> it's going to come to an end <laughs> swiftly. Uh, at one point, uh, it's that's going to be the end of it. Like uh, Steve Eiserman will be at the top and uh, teams teams will not help us out. It will, will be going the other way. Maybe that's what it is. It's cyclical. So they're, they're just going, all right, Steve's having a tough time now, but eventually... He's going to have three Stanley Cups in a row, and he's going to have to give up one of those juicy contracts. He won't be able to afford Shane Wright and Dylan Larkin. So, all right. Listen to this guy. <laughs> all right, Matt, where can the beautiful people find us? we got to get into some wrestling. But hi to Fethdar. Fethdar, welcome. Happy Thursday. Uh, BODpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com at BODpodcast uh, for, uh, for all things pro wrestling. Of course, you know, we put out a, a, a couple episodes in a row of the Red Wing Show, and it's got thousands of viewers. So, of course, uh, all of our new channel subscribers who are tuning in tonight uh, might have guessed we were going yeah. we to talk about What are we talking uh, soap opera for adult men? <laughs> oh, man. No, I really want to talk Red Wings hockey. All right. No, we can we'll do this. Good. This is no good. This is a good topic. Um but yeah, that's uh, all, all the archive stuff is uh, bodpodcast.com. And of course, if you want to support us, best way is uh, the shop uh, button on bodpodcast.com or just uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel now and uh, you won't miss a thing. All right. Um, Fethdar, glad to have you. Logan Raymond, thanks for coming along. Um, I really hope you're related to, uh, to, to Lucas or... Maybe maybe Lucas has the the picture. Maybe Lucas has a golden retriever puppy, and that is this is his YouTube channel <laughs> that's following us. All right, let's talk pro wrestling. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> we've got right. Mike. Which one do you want to talk about first? We've got two guys. This is the the topic of the show. Mike, if I may steal from the kind of funny uh, boys, uh, Tots, which is the topic of the show. Daniel Bryan and CM Punk both making waves this week. Moving, kind of moving, I don't know. Uh, signing with AEW. Mike, the scales, yeah. will they tip in AEW's favor? We are a week removed from releasing our video, which I highly recommend y'all check out. I actually took a lot of time to produce it, and I'm very sad nobody watched it. But it is our top 10 wrestlers uh, that if they... Jump ship, we would be done with WWE, uh, and including Daniel Bryan. And you mentioned Mike CM Punk, and I don't, I don't, I think we just kind of threw it out there. But uh, yeah. those two things happened this week after we had our little video, so everybody go check that out. Um, Mike, I, we'll start with what you said before we even started recording. Um, yes, one of them seems real. One of them feels like a tease. Yeah, the punk one definitely feels like a tease. Um, he was just basically playing uh, Alan Parsons Project, that serious song that uh, Michael Jordan used to come out to and return to uh, for the Chicago yeah. Bulls. Um, but, you know, we're not buying it, punk. We just we just want to acknowledge it because his trolling, even though we know it's trolling, we, we still love him so much that knowing that this troll is trolling us, we still give it the time of day. Um, and here we are doing it on this show. Uh, but Matt, it looks like there's actual smoke 
and we Daniel Bryan to AEW fire. Um, you know, the usual kind of goofs putting that Nate, putting that news out. Um, you know, the, the Meltzers of the world and the appeal for Daniel Bryan is that he, he desperately wants, you know, new matchups before he's got to hang up the boots forever. Um, he's looking at the Okadas. He's looking at the Omegas. He's looking at the jungle boys. He's looking at the MJFs. You know, these are names that he's dropping. Um, and yeah, for us, you know, it's not just fresh matchups. It would just feel again, like Brian Danielson would get real freedom. Um, and as much as I would love to, you know, see him, you know, jump, jump ship and, you know, hear like, a classic rendition of the ride of the Valkyries instead of the rock version. I think that would be the most electrifying moment in professional wrestling history. Um, even yeah, at got... this age, even at this stage of his career, um, it feels like it's real. He hasn't fought since he um, lost to Roman Reigns. He's kind of been a ghost and it kind of feels like he's been waiting for his, his time to be up so he could go sign somewhere else. Matt, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. The, the news on that, right. So the contract ran out a while back. Um, so this is really, it feels like, I don't know about you, Mike, but every job that I've, like that transition between one job to another, uh, of course, this one right now is taking a very long time. But before, when I did work, I would take a couple of weeks off, if not a month, to kind of relax, maybe take a vacation, uh, spend some of the money I made, and have a reason to actually go back to work. All that stuff figures into the plot of having a little bit of fun. And uh, I, I think uh, ultimately what you're going to get is a refreshed Daniel Bryan. If, if geez, oh, Pete, if um, refreshed wasn't already what he was. But, you know, this, this is going to be a cat that you figure – he's going back to, you know, the place that he's threatened to go uh, because he, he loves it so much. Right. Like, like to this scene. Now, clearly he's, he said before on like WWE programming uh, that he, he would go back to uh, the VFW halls. <sighs> I will just say, if we're trying to connect the dots, like what he's really looking for is to go back to where, uh, I, I think just to that that more creative freedom and to focus a little bit more on his pro wrestling. And even though Daniel Bryan does get a lot of opportunities to show off his pro wrestling in WWE, I mean, that last go around with Roman Reigns and, and getting mixed up with Edge, that just wasn't great. Um, it, it wasn't something I'm going to look back and go, man, great Daniel Bryan work. That was that was when he lost to Kofi. That was great Daniel Bryan work. But ultimately, yeah. uh, the point I'm getting at here is, of course, him getting paid by AEW is not uh, a, a sentence he, he threatened of with Vince McMahon of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll send myself to the VFW halls. Clearly, he's going to get paid. But I think what this is, Mike, and, and what you said already is, you know, this is that opportunity for him to do Bryan Danielson. This is This is him to be... Um, who who he wanted his pro wrestling career to be, but he also knew, I mean, there's the truth in it. If uh, you're good at something, never do it for free. We learned that from the Joker, our, our good buddy. And uh, there's, there's too much truth in that. And uh, Daniel Bryan absolutely should have been paid those WWE contracts that he got. But if he's wrapping it up soon, he's got to get in the ring with Kenny Omega, goddammit. Again, I guess. Uh you know, we've yeah. got to touch those uh, opportunities. Um, this definitely, I mean, we've seen people jump ship, right? 
you know, Jericho started it. Cody started it. Um, you know, now we see people like Big Show, Mark Henry, um, Alistair Black recently. But this feels like the first time it's somebody, you know, he's on the he's at the the last years of of what we would call I think what we would call a wrestling prime. But this would be a mega superstar get for AEW, um, and I think this this would be a move that actually gets eyeballs to to switch over. Apologies to Christian Cage, like Daniel Brian Danielson. That would be a move. You got you know it. Nobody out there has a Peeps T-shirt. Don't even give yeah. me that. You know this would be but, a monumental um, acquisition. Well, this is. I mean, this is a good time for a for a hot tag, um, Mike. Oh, hot tag! If Daniel Bryan does come to AEW, is this an opportunity to have him be you know surprise appearance, or do you build this out? Do you get? people to buy tickets you get people to tune into your show because daniel bryan's gonna show up he's gonna he's gonna come through the curtain or brian danielson whatever the american dragon whatever i think what we've seen in recent history where they will um advertise that somebody's gonna debut i think it kind of lowers the the pop that you would get and i think aew would want the biggest pop for the biggest acquisition of all time um this would be absolutely something i would say for all out um and have daniel show up at the end of the show and that place would explode and social media would not know what to do with itself it would it would be a just it would be the moment i think they were planning for when they tried to blow up john moxley and eddie kingston yeah if they well, if they advertise Daniel Bryan is coming, that would be the sparklers. If they just let him come out and get the pop, get people talking, and then dynamite numbers just rocket through the roof, um, that would be the way to go. If if that happened and you were there, Mike, if you knew the date, would you cheer out of like? Would you just go? Ape shit? Would you not be able to stop screaming, or would you watch? in awe and just patiently wait for him to speak oh i suppose there'd be um a lot of screaming a lot of kicking a lot of jumping high-fiving strangers hugging strangers kissing strangers and then um you know my we would all just be throwing every brian danielson chant we know Matt, I'm sure you and I don't know enough of his indie chance. We'd be, you know, left with our hands in our pockets for a few moments while we play catch up. Um, I don't know if there's an American Dragon chant, but we'd we'd learn that pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, I think it would be just uh, jubilation that uh, you know the Mighty King WWE lost, you know, one of its uh, pillars of um, strength. But Matt, I want to ask you something here. Because, uh, I mean, this is all still kind of up in the air. We're still waiting for Daniel to come out. We actually did have some people uh, come out, Matt. And this is one I, I just, I can't wait to see the the emotional swing on your face. Uh, because this week on Monday Night Raw, Karrion Cross debuted on the main roster. <laughs> I'm, I'm not there yet, but go ahead. Karrion Cross debuted. Uh, the NXT champion, who I think he's only lost. Has he lost yet? I don't think he's lost in the NXT. He might be undefeated. He might have one loss, something like that. 
I mean, um, yeah, he, 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 right, like, uh, he went down with his uh, NXT title because of an in- injury, so there, there's a lot of wins in there. I'm sure there's something yeah. in there. So, uh, NXT champion Karrion <laughs> Cross, who has single-handedly dismantled uh, all your favorites, Champa, Gargano, Adam Cole, uh, Balor, all of them. He comes to the main roster, Matt, also debuting, Jeff Hardy is no more words song. Matt, I haven't heard a pop like that since Jeff and Matt returned at WrestleMania. And Karrion Cross, like the rest of us, just <laughs> fell hard for that wonderful no more words song and lost in two minutes. Don't. Matt, you know what, Mike? I got text messages from people I hadn't spoken to in a long time when Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy came out saying, Oh, man, are you watching this? Don't you dare. Don't you dare diminish that moment by comparing it to this that is no lame more words. song. What would you rather have, Matt Hardy or No More Words? The the Matt Hardy moment or this No More Words moment? Honest, well, I know that you're going to associate it with uh, the falling. He fell in prey uh, under. He he fell prey to Jeff Hardy. I don't know if they're going to edit the lyrics of Carrie Cross's song where it's. Uh, fall, fall, fall is prey, right? Like the other prey. Um, <laughs> but Matt, Karen Cross lost in two minutes to Jeff Hardy. Now I have a very difficult task for you. Yeah. The internet lost its collective mind. Uh, all the NXT marks out there, including Matt Truly. And uh, Matt, make the case for WWE's decision to debut not just Karen Cross, but a no frills Karen. His smoking hot wife was not out there. He didn't get his cool final boss entrance. He went out there and lost to no more words. Matt, make the case. This was a great booking decision. Mike. (laughs) Jeff Hardy has been given more chances, I think, than any other pro wrestler in the history of pro wrestling. His fan base will always be there behind him to hold him up as he stumbles through another personal issue um but god damn it all if the wwe isn't there to also hold him up and uh, this is another chance mike as he rounds out his career uh of uh plenty of um let's see so you're accidents the case and... for hardy winning right <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna get mixed in there yeah it's, it's right. coming it's coming. um Man, so this, explana- this explanation is right. longer than the match already. Let me let me reset because clearly I'm just trying to make fun of a guy who uh, is given too many second chances, and I um, don't understand I have a hot it. Tech question for you. Uh, oh, well, let, Car- let me finish your. Let me finish Carrying, your game. Carrying cross is Jeff- favorite vegetable. What is it? Squash. All right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, all right, so. You got to think that Jeff is winding up, you know, winding up uh, his career uh, with WWE, I guess. So they're going to give him a little bit of a mid-card shot, and this is the best way to do it. I, I just, that uh, he's going to climb his way to the middle and then lose triumphantly and, and head out the door. How's that? Wow, that, that looked like it hurt. You probably got an ulcer trying to do that. Are you okay? No, just look. Oh, boy, here it comes. 
It makes no fucking sense. Oh, Matt drops an F-bomb. You've had Karrion Cross defeat (laughs) everyone that has meant anything to that brand of NXT. And you want me to believe that this is good episodic television. And I've run it into the ground over the last couple of months because it has been unwatchable. They lucked out that John Cena's schedule opened up and so did their pocketbooks. And don't forget, everybody, as we rejoice John Cena, there's a reason they had enough money to pay for him. And that's nothing against John Cena, mind you. He, he's yeah. a saint, and he's going to give a lot of it back, I guarantee it. But you got a pretty good episode of Monday Night Raw because it started out hot. But that kind of booking where you're make you're taking away the focus on some somebody who is actually bringing people to watch your other television program on Tuesday nights that people are tweeting about this guy. This guy, like, I mean, he puts in the time. I, I've tweeted at him a couple of times, and he actually goddamn responds with a joke. He actually cares about these people that are watching the show, even though it's hundreds, you know, close to a million people that are probably tweeting at him. He's still taking the time to go, I like that tweet. That's pretty funny. And <laughs> so he's so the guy who appreciates yeah. his fan base. Yeah. He's clearly put in the work because I love his matches. And I know a lot of people struggle to make a connection. I, I've seen people go, "What? what is Karrion Cross? Shut the fuck up. There are so many goddamn wrestlers out there. Where I mean, this is a guy who's clearly coming in and saying, I am a badass. Like, this is the character of Karrion Cross, And I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And people make fun of his attire. They don't understand what's up with the music. Is he supposed to be supernatural? No, he's just psyching you out because he's going to kick the shit out of you. That's what Karrion Cross is. That's why I used to be killer. But to have to have Jeff Hardy just make a joke of all of this. This goes back to when we used to get mad at at those promos that would uh, take like the Wyatt family and turn them into a joke. And people love doing that because it was easy. You make fun of their the way they dress. You make fun of you know what they what what those uh, characters stood for. Um, you know, the backwoodsiness and how many jokes are there about incest and things like that. Those jokes actually were on Monday Night Raw for the Wyatt family. And the reason, the reason that like the Wyatt family struggled isn't because of fan support. It's because the WWE told you that you didn't need to care about it. And this is another instance where they're telling you, you don't need to worry about carrying cross. Dare I say, Mike, they're telling you, you don't need to worry about NXT because the real wrestlers are on Monday and Friday. And it's because of some, honestly, it has to be because of some sort of like, uh, like deep down Vince feels the heat of a show that probably does better storytelling than, than he knows how to do. Um, and he just wants his guys, his wrestlers, you know, I made the decision once to have Jeff fight the Undertaker, and then I let him win some championships. Like he wants, he wants to see his boy go over what has been created in NXT, and that I honestly believe that to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I guess. I mean, there isn't too much else to say, but no, it, it's it's infuriating. Um, I think what you're trying to say is the time has come. And gone for words. A thousand threats I've heard before. 
Words are cheap, but lies are big to take. Woo! Uh, Fethdar says, uh, Ron Smackdown, don't know what goes on in NXT. It's uh, the disconnect. Uh, they're different departments that don't communicate, which <coughs> is a wonderful time to point out that uh, I think the leadership needs to get involved. And uh, when we take a look at the top of the ladder, uh, that would be VKM, <laughs> the old man himself. Like, so what uh the argument for this booking decision that i heard that i was i well i preface it again i wasn't 100 sold but i could kind of see oh uh, maybe like 10 percent of this i could get on board with here's the case all he does is win matches and and nxt he was undefeated that's a storyline that you know we you know, it's easy to get bored of because once you lose, that person loses their value for a while and they got to, you know, like reestablish it, right? Um, it was actually kind of a boring part of Asuka, right? She, once she stopped doing that and we learned the real Asuka, I think that's when I really started to like love her performances. We've seen it, you know, with like uh, the Miros of the world. There's, you know, when he was Rusev, you know, a lot of monster heels do it. So the case is, if he comes up and we just get the, the winning streak out of the way, it's over. You don't make it happen on a pay-per-view. Um, what he's going to be able to do, carrying Cross, is have his large moment not be so much about, you know, if he can just beat every single person on the, on the roster, um, but have a real feud against the babyface of babyfaces because, no, like you said, no matter how many times Jeff Hardy screws up, he still wins over the crowd, and he still has polish on him, and they still root for him. The guy, he can't do wrong in these people's eyes. He's just always baby, baby face. He won that match on money, cheated. He put his feet on the ropes, and he's still the baby face. So the argument for this booking decision is that you let Hardy get over on him once or twice, and then they have a massive payoff where Carrion just annihilates him at SummerSlam. And instead of them, you know, Cross just coming up and, you know, winning, you know, three or four matches in a row, and then it's just kind of another squash at SummerSlam against, I don't know, the fourth baby face up the ladder, maybe a ricochet or something like that. You have him start out with, you know, one of the WWE legends and Jeff Hardy. He's been doing this for 30 years. He is a legend. Um, and you give him a feud to start to some with. people. It's, you give him a feud instead of a instead of a winning streak. So it's still shocking to me to take what was such a valuable asset in NXT with an you know an incredible resume and have that you know be snuffed out in one night by you know 50-year-old Jeff Hardy. But if they're just going to start their own story and not worry so much about streaks and just let this guy go against the baby face of baby faces, I will be there at SummerSlam rooting for Carrion to annihilate him. And it's going to feel really good when it happens. I can agree with you there. Um, and to go back on, on Fethdar's point, like clearly <laughs> they aren't communicating because there's a very important story going on in NXT. Like as, in, in, insignificant this is compared to like John Cena coming back, Goldberg coming back. You've got Big E holding the money in the bank. So every, everything going on in the men's division is huge. 
absolutely huge back. right now. The biggest thing going on in NXT now just took like a step down because you had to watch it going, all right, carrying doesn't really matter much on the main roster. Like we always, even though we, you know, I think we've pulled back considerably from this notion of like, oh, you're in NXT, but one day you're going to be on Raw and SmackDown. Clearly we've pulled back on that. Um, but there's, it's just something about right in the middle of that storyline, making sure that this happens, that just like, that's the thing of it. Uh, like how, how could you not communicate? How could you not ask what's going on? Maybe there's somebody else that could, could go down to Jeff Hardy since really to me watching that, it felt more about like, let's, let's give the fans a no more words and a Jeff Hardy win than it felt like there's any, you know, sort of deep dive into what is going to go on in Karrion Cross's uh, career with the WWE. Um, and if, if they really cared about him, where's Scarlett? Like, uh, that, that's a main piece. And I think she adds a lot, that's to, be, especially the entrance. But um, that's got to be something they're saving for SummerSlam, right? He's not going to win his first match. He's not going to have his... Um, you hope. How many times have him? we have we said on the show, like, it's, you know what? They're going to make the right decision eventually. We never cut. We should have to start writing those down because I'm sure we're at 0% right now out of how many times we've said, surely. He's not going to have a Viking experience. Okay. Just lighten up over there. We had another, (laughs) we had another return. Um, Goldberg. Now he came. Goldberg. Keith Lee returned um, immediately to job to Lashley. Matt, go ahead and ask me. Go ahead. You see it in the notes. Uh, why have him returned to fall to the almighty Michael? I want you to make the case. Oh, make the case, Mike. Why would he fall to Bob Lash? Matt, all of this is a king-style path for Big E to get his dream match against Goldberg. Or should I say Goldberg? Matt, we just got a reminder that Keith Lee's alive. And well, and he can still wrestle. That's okay. He went up against Lashley, who's been booked as the biggest monster in all of WWE right now. I'm fine with that. Goldberg is next. Matt, it's SummerSlam. It's the smart event of the season. You won't want to miss it. Um, And I think in some capacity, this is going to be a moment and a night we will never forget. Because I have a feeling. That Big E, he didn't get his, he didn't get to win the Money in the Bank briefcase, but I think he's going to get to cash in at SummerSlam in some capacity. And this Goldberg versus Lashley match, and Matt, you know Goldberg, you know he keeps a grudge. Um, an elephant never forgets, but a Goldberg is also an elephant, I guess. And I think what we're going to get is Big E's dream come to fruition, and he's going to get to defend that belt against Goldberg, and the internet will just collectively forgive everything. And every mistake the WWE's ever made. Matt, tell me you're on board with this fantasy book. I thought you were going to tell me why Keith Lee lost to Bobby Lashley. <laughs> he came back to lose to Bobby Lashley because <laughs> shrug emoji. I didn't have anything for that. I really wanted to get into my Goldberg story, Matt. I had nothing for you on that one. No, it's, we, it's, want our big, we want our big meaty men slapping me. Like, That's what we're going to get. We're going to get yeah. Big E Goldberg. 
If anybody saw Goldberg coming back and didn't have the thought of the New Day podcast where, where Biggie gave away who does he want to face uh, for a title, and the only man that came to mind <laughs> was Bill Goldberg. Yep. I don't care about work rate. Talk about work rate. I want big meaty men slapping meat. And God damn it all the hell, Biggie is right there. He's going to be slapping some don't meat. Forget the, uh, now he- fo- don't forget the follow-up question from Xavier Woods. What about uh, uh, your dream tag team? Give me three Goldbergs. <laughs> I I just, I, I might, I'm a little confused as to um, like how this moves in that direction. I, I would have guessed that Goldberg, like he's taken out everyone, is going to take out Lashley, but Big E's going to be the one to take out Goldberg. That's that's what I thought was going to happen. But, um, yeah, I, I, I guess you, how do, how does Big E get the title from, from Bob? There's just a, a middle of, you know, middle of the summer, I guess, uh, between oh, now. Oh, uh, so a Goldberg spear uh, hurts Bob. Uh, Big E runs in, <laughs> throws Goldberg out of the ring, pins Bob. So Bob didn't actually lose to Big E. You know, he took a, a Goldberg spear, which is one of the most protected moves in the history of wrestling. And then uh, Goldberg's upset that he didn't really get his uh, his conclusion. So then we get Goldberg and Big E for the biggest Survivor Series of all time. All right. No, I like it. I, I got I got my answer that I, I wanted. Um, but so- as for... Uh, as for Keith Lee coming back and, uh, you know, immediately oh, you thought being of something. A, a, a sacrificial lamb. No, I have nothing for that. I got, <laughs> I, got <nothing. laughs> I mean, two of our favorite guys who really took over NXT. Like, Keith Lee was gone for a long time. He was gone for so long. We were worried about his health. Right. Cause they said it was COVID related and then he just disappeared. So we had to wait for Mia Yim to say I, he's I was, still alive. Trust me. Yeah, I was afraid this was going to be an Edge or a Daniel Bryan moment and something horrible was going to happen. And then luckily, he came back Monday night, wrestled a match, lost, and all of us collectively high-fived each other because we were like, that's what we've been waiting for. Boom! Boom! Best hour of pie, brother! Boom! I'll tell you what I was waiting for, Mike. <laughs> and I didn't that? realize until it happened. Was it John Cena? It was John Cena. Oh, my God. Was that not, like, I really thought we were getting Goldberg or Lesnar, and for it to be John Cena. What an upgrade. That was so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That was that meme hitting the upgrade button. Um, John didn't say a ton, but he did the next night. And, Mike, I even the back and forth with uh, Matt Riddle with the bros, even that, I was just like, God, I I missed the hell out of John Cena. And I can't believe, Mike, that you and I went to a, a, a Royal Rumble in the last 10 years. We booed our and I, You're right. I couldn't. It was the first match of the night, and I couldn't boo the rest of the night because I booed so hard at John Cena and Randy Orton. And really, you know, we're booing at the WWE uh, in their choice for uh, main event talent. But, um, yeah, not, like looking back, like clearly, it's, this is never about being mad at John Cena. It's always been the booking. But John even called out that booking. and Like, he just did such a great job. He, he calls out the booking through his whole career and says, like, I, I know what's going on here, but I got to teach you how to actually use that that booking uh, in your favor and, and to one day become John Cena so that when you come back, 
you have the fanfare. You have the, you have the fans going absolutely yeah. apeshit. And um, Mike, I, I don't know how many times you watched it. Like Sunday night into Monday morning. And I'm so glad I retweeted it through our account because then I could just find it nice and easy. But man, I, I think I rewatched that pop. I don't know. Maybe 40 times. Like easily yeah. 40 times. I Again, um, this is just something I didn't know I needed. But even on John's promo and to get all of that, uh, like you, you know, your word uh, was uh, charisma. But I mean, the guy's just made for this business. And how many times have we talked about like um, not not in a, not not booking, but casting? And I mean, I know we, this guy's got Suicide Squad coming out next month, which I could not be more excited for. Uh, he's an actual actor now. And he makes that work and he does a pretty good job. Not a great job. He does a pretty good job. But man, the guy really does belong in pro wrestling. Like he knows how to hype up a crowd. He's he doesn't mind doing the corny stuff, but then he also delivers perfectly. When he's got to get a message, he's got to get quiet. Chris Jericho's talked about it, you know, a ton of time in his books and when he's doing interviews. Yeah. But it's always just that you gotta get the crowd to like lean in. And he does that perfectly every goddamn time every goddamn promo um mike i hate that there's like a dark staircase above you because i'm waiting for something to come jumping out and kill you and you just looked behind your shoulder and i was like this is it this is where mike dies yep that's the end the fiend (laughs) is coming for me um yeah cena just brings an excitement that i i I don't know if any other legend could really do right now oh we got a cameo Ah! hi becky there's um, the murderer. <laughs> going to get a knife. Um, it's only funny until she comes back down with a knife. Um, but Andre here, John Cena got the biggest pop he's ever gotten in the last 16 or 17 years. That's a mighty long time. Glad that he's back. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if the crowd really realized, like, you know, in the aftermath. Man, we really miss this guy. We really miss this guy who really loves this business. Um Yeah, that face-off with Roman, it, it's such an evolution, too, because I, I think, you know, he didn't really... If people did the Cena sucks, it was just ironic, you know, at this point, because, you know, now we're just showing appreciation for him. And I think he kind of wants it. He kind of embraces it. Um, I can't wait to see him battle Roman. That's going to be such a, a great, like, clash of styles. Again, apologies to AJ every time we say that. Um, with the loud, colorful Cena, who looks like he's dropped about 30 pounds. He mm-hmm. looks uh, leaner than ever. Um, he's really embracing that, uh, like, Bruce Lee physique. You know what I mean? That's what he looks like now. Um, against Roman, who is, you know, the face of WWE. And I got to say, Matt, another uh, make the case. And I, if you can't, that's okay. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I can, but make the case that Cena beats Roman at SummerSlam. Whoo, man. All right. I mean, I think this is tough because I think we all assume 17's coming at a WrestleMania, right? Yeah. And he, right, he's at 16 right now. Yeah, he's not 16. Okay, because I know he referenced it too, so I just want to make sure. I, he does it at SummerSlam, Mike, because that, that is like the John Cena always loses. 
So this is that time for redemption. This is the where John Cena would give up, you know, to someone else. That's where he laid down for Daniel Bryan. He got destroyed by Brock Lesnar. Uh, but this will be enough. This will be that that first opportunity where, um, and and the reason being is that it it's that thing where we're kind of craving it, and I th- I think Roman Reigns will be fine losing it and winning it back, and I think John Cena right now, um, he he had a little bit of a fumble, I guess, in the the Chinese movie market. Um, all right, I I guess it's it's just everything in. In Asia, he kind of fucked up. Uh, so I think he might need to take a little bit of rest from movies. So maybe that's what's going on. And um, this is that opportunity to get back into pro wrestling for a couple of months and kind of build everything up. Help help not only do Suicide Squad, but uh, maybe help HBO Max keep pumping up uh, the numbers over there. So every time he's on TV, there's a little reminder that John Cena's wearing a silver helmet uh, on Suicide Squad and he's got some crazy lines and boasting some <laughs> crazy dialogue and um, I guess yeah. some cool fights that we're going to see. But yeah, that, that's, it's just, it would be every time we see his face on uh, WWE programming, it's just another reminder to go watch that. So he's always got that incentive, but um, yeah, you hit, you hit 17 at the pay-per-view. I think that uh, it's always been an, been an issue for John. And um I think it would be at least a, a fun way to kind of mix things up for Roman where everything Roman was doing worked great for the Thunderdome. But how long are we going to want to, you know, watch these with a crowd in attendance who's probably, you know, might might start booing. But every every match, the Usos get involved, you know, something like that just turn things turns things in, t- in Roman's favor. And we've been watching it for quite a while now. Uh, this this happened. So, do they just kind of shut off that burner for a minute, save up a little bit of gas on on the Roman tank, and let John hold the title for a couple of months, and let Roman kind of work his way into I'm not just the guy who's getting help from the Usos and turned back into like the guy who could take out Brock Lesnar, you yeah. know, and and this will be that way to kind of. <laughs> You know, let again turn off the tank for a little bit. Let John hold the title, but then boom, turns it back on. Maybe maybe there's a gas leak and he just explodes. Ow, that hurt. That really fucking hurt. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, I cut my arm open. Fuck. <laughs> All right, now man, Matt's got to Matt, hold his arm while we continue to. <laughs> Matt gets uh, he gets animated over there. Man, he's giving himself bumps and everything. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, no. Cena's biggest opponent is uh, probably SummerSlam. Uh, like you said, he never wins at SummerSlam. Uh, just that's the event where he likes to lay down and take three second tans. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel great about that. But we're seeing this different from other legends. Yeah, Andre saying uh, Cena looks like a Sprite can with that new T-shirt that he's rocking. <laughs> uh, Andre, like that's not where we wanted the conversation can. to go, but now <laughs> let's go. Um, where I think that Cena has a shot is I think that WWE is still trying to get back in our good graces. And if they think that that's going to be an electric pop that gets people talking and watching again, they're going to do it. And when Cena comes back, it's not like, dare I say it, when Undertaker or Stone Cold or Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair come back, where we know it's just going to be a one-off. We know Cena could actually wrestle and he could still do it, you know, for a couple weeks, couple months, couple pay-per-views in a row. Um, 
so that's where you know the the longevity of what a feud could be because right now they're going to get what four or five raws to set to tell this story yeah and cena winning it wouldn't obviously the build isn't as long but it would kind of feel like when the rock beat cena where you're just kind of like we know that they're going to put their chips in the company guy and you know roman's Roman's going to go over, you know, Cena's just here to promote the movie and he'll be gone. But man, that, that, the, 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 the potential pop, especially when this company loses Daniel Bryan in a couple of weeks, woo, they're, they're going to need some, uh, some good fortune. They're going to need some people, you know, tuning back to see what, uh, old Sprite Kane is up to over there. <laughs> so I think in a desperation move, Matt, the more we kind of put these, you know, um, layering stories together as they keep happening on top of each other. If Daniel Bryan turns coat, goes to AEW, becomes all elite, I think WWE in a panic move might say, fuck, we gotta give we gotta get some eyeballs over here. Put the gold back on Cena. Actually that's a fantastic point. Cause if you ask these two companies like what do you do best and you had to point to a pro wrestler, WWE would probably want to point at John Cena. And even though he's not currently I mean, known as a member of AEW, I think AEW would like to point at the likes of Brian Danielson. I mean, you want to see a panic move? Woo! If Daniel Bryan gets booked for All Out, WWE might have Cena, Lesnar, and Roman suddenly booked like for SummerSlam just to really, you know, get the get the eyeballs on the show. Mike, um, quick, real quick, top 10. Uh, top 10 wrestlers that will have to get released so that they can afford that triple threat match. Uh, go. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Bobby Roode. Uh, Otis. Uh, yeah. Morrison. Uh, we need some big are, names, Mike. We need money coming off the books. All right, both the Mysterios. All right. Uh, got, what am I at? You're at six. All right. Um, God, I gotta keep releasing guys. Um, yeah, big money right. names, Mike. Come on, give me Adam Cole. Adam Cole, you're out. No, that's an NXT name. I'm gonna put it on the list. But come on. <laughs> um, shit. Uh, uh, Rollins, you're out. Boom. That that counts for like two or three, I think. <laughs> I, I actually wanted you to like do what the WWE is gonna eventually do, and they're just they're gonna pull, you know. Pull the rug out from underneath Charlotte. Do what they did to Oof. Ric Flair. Oof. Boom. If Charlotte goes, man, WWE is going to be... Then they're going to start paying attention. <laughs> um, man, we got time for a couple more nuggets here. Uh, Nikki Ash becomes Raw Women's Champ. I'm so happy for her as the person, that character. I'm still... I'm not there yet. I'm still going to buy a shirt to support her because I know she's going to get a few, a few ducats out of it. But yeah, do you feel... When it happened on Monday, did you get to see the reactions? Yeah. Because we were, for so long, just kind of, uh, you know, the the litmus test. We were just watching the Thunderdome to see if people stopped looking at their Instagram feeds on their phones to see if, you know, they actually tuned into the show. And now we have real fan reactions. It, it wasn't quite the electricity that I was, you know, that you hope for for Nikki Cross. But it was, it, it was, it was, was excited. There was a bit of a mess, though. They clearly were running out of time. And before Rhea could do a number on Charlotte, Nikki was running to the ring because they had no choice. So I think they fucked up for that reason. And I think it confused a lot of fans. And you'd, you'd want 
Nikki, before she knew she could, you know, lay on top of Charlotte, you, you'd like to think she would do some sort of strategy in her mind and wait for that to happen. But no, she was all, she was like, nope, I, I bet Rhea's going to lay out Charlotte here real quick. And, you know, it happened. Um, but yeah. I, I, I will say if there's any reason, if there's reason number one why it wasn't complete jubilation and Dolph Ziggler-y sort of, excitement from the money in the bank cash in that is number one on my list for why it was a problem i think also when when you rewatch that that ziggler moment like when he runs out that that's one of the best pops i've ever heard in my life but mm-hmm. um bigger pop when he, when, that or john cena coming out at money in the bank or matt hardy and jeff hardy coming up all right i'll rank them right now we'll rank biggest pops of all time number one oh, wait, i'm sorry number three Matt and Jeff Hardy, number two. John Cena, number one. Greatest, biggest pop of all time. Dolph Ziggler, cashing in the money in the bank. I, I don't I mean, care what anybody says. I mean, Dolph was right up there with, like, Ryback entering the Rumble at number 30. You know, so. Oh, almost got I almost got a spit take out of that one. I wish I didn't pay so much for all this stuff, because I would have spit all over my camera. And just, um, But, uh. With uh, Dolph's match, what I was just going to say is that there was a little bit, they just put just a shred of doubt in there when he was slapping the ring and Del Rio actually got some offense in. Mm-hmm. And Dolph had to like kick out of that. Um, what did he do? The cross arm breaker? Wasn't that Del Rio's finisher? The cross arm breaker? The cross arm breaker? Oh, and then he had to do, uh, he grabbed the ankle, right? He grabbed the injured was... foot. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think just Nikki's, it didn't give us enough, like you said, they kind of rushed it at the end. It didn't give us enough like time to really like, comprehend what was happening um and then there wasn't really any doubt she just dropped a crossbody and that was it we didn't really get that that cool Dolph struggle um i think would have would have paid off a little bit more no i i i agree and i i that probably comes back to timing um but there's also an element of i i you know if she's coming out and Rhea hasn't even done anything and we're all kind of in agreement that you know we want Nikki to hold the title. Well, you and I are in agreement. I think we know some some buddies in our wrestling group that uh, Amy's not here tonight. So I think Amy's still upset that Nikki won. But um, <laughs> I, I guess what I what I'm going at with this is that uh, Nikki is. I think we all agree she's a is like a step below storyline wise, right? She's a step below Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. So I expected more strategy. So when they announced that match, it never even popped in my head that she was going to come out and cash in the money in the bank. So I didn't I didn't even have that like, oh, I got to make sure I don't miss this because there's going to be a cash in. Like, I I thought there would be more to it. I thought there would be, we'd be waiting till hell in a cell. She'd wait till there were two, you know, dead bodies in the ring and then she'd come out and, and collapse on top of them and, and get uh, a championship. But this came out of nowhere. Um... I think you mentioned desperation earlier in the show. Um, clearly, they don't like where they were going with Rhea Ripley. Uh, and they just wanted to end that storyline and or at least try and freshen it up somehow. And uh, this was this was their choice. It's crazy, too, with all the uh, all the names that we had in the Money in the Bank match that uh, they chose Nikki. And uh, she's the one to to carry the Rob brand out of uh, the Rhea Ripley era. Very short lived. Yeah, um, 
We talked about like the, the litmus test, not having to do the Thunderdome anymore and you can actually hear the crowd. I think we all support Nikki the person, but it felt like the crowd was hottest for Liv at Money in the Bank. Yeah. Not just her entrance, every anytime she got any offense in. And I just wonder if that's a spot where you maybe pivot away, but gosh, um, if they're gonna, you know, make her the superhero now and you know, they, they said we're gonna we're gonna go all in on this. We can't we can't really be upset about, you know. They they did it. They they try to do something a little bit different, and I I don't want to totally punish them for it. I just the rushed aspect of it. It just we didn't get quite the like a a, a timeless moment with Nikki that we're never going to forget. I think unfortunately, what I'm still going to think of with this almost superhero character is the kind of cringy introduction that we had. I'm going to remember that probably a little bit more than the championship. How about, uh, I'll give you this, um, the other names in that Money in the Bank match, and I just want you to pick one that you think would make more sense for, a, like, you knew, you knew that the title was going to change hands on Monday Night Raw, you've got, uh, so, who, you know, who would you put money on, and we're not going to throw in Nikki, uh, but you've got Zelina, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Liv, <sighs> Natty, uh, Naomi, and Tamina. So you want me to pick someone who I, I would just be happier with, knowing that they're going to cash in the next Monday? If you knew that was going to happen, who like in all of these names, like what, what would make the most sense to you? Because clearly it doesn't make a ton of sense to us that Nikki won the money in the bank and then took over the title on Monday. I feel like Nikki should have been a slower build, like a slow burn while we kind of learn to love this character, right? Yeah. Uh, we love her. We don't love the character. Not yet. I think that the smartest move to shotgun somebody into the top who would have no issue getting a story over with, you know, a, a two-week build would have been Zelina Vega. That would have been my choice. Um I didn't want to put money on her because it doesn't seem like they put any value in her wrestling. Um, but I, I just think she's charismatic enough to sell anything. Um, you know, she, I agree. she, sold, she helped sell Andrade to, you know, a, a, a WWE crowd that doesn't usually give a lot of time to people who are not super fluent in English. And she made him, you know, relevant, um, a winner. And, you know, she still can't really... We don't really get to see her wrestle, but she did get a few cool spots to show off that diving uh, hurricane rata that she does off the apron. Um, I, I would like to see more of her, and because she's been gone, um, this I think this would have just been a, a quick, easy way to flip the switch and make her relevant. But I, I would say too, it, it's got to mean something for Nikki too that a name like Asuka was available as well, and they didn't hit the panic button there. They didn't say, "Oh, let's." Cue back up, give it to Asuka. You know, yeah. she'll she knows what to do with it. Also, I mean, there was you know some opportunity, I, I I would say, to just let her sail off into the sunset, but I mean Tamina and Natty could have just won it and then gone away. You know, that could have been the end of their careers. Uh so that was an option. But no, they're they're going with Nikki. So I I think at least from the perspective of um Sure, it, it came out of nowhere, I, I think, for all of us. But um, 
maybe this is, you know, this this means something for Nikki. Maybe this is this is going to mean something for this character. We're actually yeah, going to see mean, something happen. We saw we saw Biggie right where he kind of had a slow build um, as a singles guy, where we he started kind of at Royal Rumble and then he kind of got separated from New Day and he's been winning Intercontinental Championship matches and having singles feuds and. Then he's protected and he's off TV for a little while. We don't really know what's going on. And then what they're doing is saving him for the crowd reaction. He comes back and he just has, you know, an amazing, you know, jump out of your seat moment where he wins the briefcase. And that felt like, you know, a culmination, um, you know, a reward for this this long-weighted build uh, for this character. And, um, you know, Nikki didn't quite get that treatment. She did get a few pinfall victories over Charlotte and... Um, Rhea, but they're they're just the wins on Monday Night Raw just always feel so hollow because it's such a you know it's like tragedy on Twitter. It's like well whatever we'll just do it again next week and it's just rematch city. So it just it was hard to say that those moments were um, you know bricks on the on the road to Nikki Cross being super over when we push her at Money in the Bank and then have her crash Monday Night Raw the next night. It just it didn't quite fulfill because we didn't. road that arch was path that they right. gave to biggie um all right who's ready to move on you want to do a festival of friendship or do we have uh, one more nuggie to hit oh i think today we got yeah i think we got just about all of our nuggies um yeah we could do a couple tweet length reviews of AEW and nxt man i'm gonna go first because this was not my favorite episode of AEW. um i i oof. I will say that uh, number three is going to be uh, this Jericho winning his first test versus Sean Spears and Sean getting uh, full liberty to use the steel chair whenever and however he wanted. Um, and it's not that this match was that fantastic, but just the way that they set up this gauntlet for Jericho and every week MJF gets to set up uh, a new obstacle course um, via the opponent and the match type and who can interfere at ringside. Um it just, this wasn't an A+, plus, but you can kind of see how the it's going to be a slow build to Jericho finally getting to that point where he gets his hands on MJF again. So I, I think he definitely deserves a mention at number three. And uh, real quick, Andre, I just want to let you know, I did see uh, your, your comment here. I, I, I'm never sure what the timeline is on these. Like, uh, if we're like a minute behind on what's going on on Facebook and then... Um, you know, then we get your guys' uh, comments because this happens every time we transition to Festival of Friendship. Uh, but Andre did just want us to touch on uh, Apollo Crews and how crazy it is that he's been off TV and he's the Intercontinental Champion. Mike, the the only way to take this real quick, unless another tweet length answer, <laughs> is is Apollo going to reset his character again, or are we sticking with what Apollo's been running with? No, he's he's going to stick with that character. Um, I think that this was the first live crowd. Um, they wanted to showcase the money in the bank briefcases. They wanted to showcase John Cena being back. You know, they wanted to showcase a couple other returns. So I think they just tried to... And he'll be on SmackDown, maybe. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think they're just trying to set start setting the stage for SummerSlam. Um, and, you know... 
Cruz did not need a singles match, I don't think, at Money in the Bank. Um, he's, I think he's better just kind of having his dominion on Friday nights. And, you know, we're trying to showcase some part-timers, I think was WWE's goal. So in the short term, it kind of sucks because Cruz didn't get to rub elbows with those guys. But long term, I, I don't see him losing that title anytime soon. Well, uh, number three for NXT this week is uh, Drake Maverick going over LA Knight. And of course, Cameron Grimes in tow with LA Knight. So, uh, you know, Maverick gets the upset. LA Knight goes in for the uh, punishment after, uh, you know, the post-match little segment there. And Grimes tries to save Drake. And this is a great moment. This is the start of, uh, you know, will Cameron Grimes just continue to do the job? And it, he, he's shown he he will keep. He's a man of his word. Uh, but clearly, this is the same kind of stuff where I'm waiting for Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez to blow up. And um, not only was the championship the cause of LA Knight going down, but this will clearly lead to uh, a wonderful finish uh, for Cameron Grimes to either escape from LA night or um, get over on him. And honestly, this is a great comedy act with some good wrestling mixed in because I, I think that segment alone, you've probably got three of the best wrestling actors in NXT who could not be more aware of what they look like. Um, <laughs> that either goes with, Height, physique, or ah, physique. Because uh, one is, you know, one is pretty tight and ripped, and the other is, you know, just kind of Cameron Grimesy. So, uh, anyway, you want to cut it? Uh, th- this is this was three characters who who know how to do whatever it is that needs to be done, and uh, they definitely got this segment done for me. So, this is uh, number three on my list here. Mike, number two for AEW. Number two for the AE debut. Um, Matt, it's uh, not a not a long segment, but it was a segment that I will think about and giggle about for many a day to come. Uh, it was Orange Cassidy finally coming face to face with Sting, and they had a uh, classic Cassidy kickoff uh, where they kicked each other's shins very lightly. Uh, <laughs> it culminated in a not quite a super kick, an Orange Cassidy you know love tap where the two of them. Uh, separated a little bit, and then met in the middle for a little baby super kick. And then uh, my favorite little detail of this segment was that Sting, you know, we're used to him going wild, doing that, like, King Kong, gorilla, beating of the chest. Uh, He got in Cassidy's face and very uh, lackadaisically, just very lightly beat on his chest, uh, much to the delight of the AEW faithful. Um, So kudos to Sting for giving Cassidy... Uh, the rub there. That was that was a really cool moment. That's my number two. Matt, next extra time wrestling. What do you got for us at number two? Uh, this is this is a great showcase uh, of like progressing two different storylines and giving us good pro wrestling. Uh, but it was Kyle O'Reilly versus Austin Theory as my number two. Kyle, as many of have noted, uh, found his killer instinct again in this match, and it was something that he needed to to finally get over on Austin. But Austin taking the loss is really hurting the way. So he uh, he actually ended the night and the segment by looking for a, a cute little high five from from his boy Johnny, and uh, he didn't get one. So he stormed off. But also on the side of Indy Hartwell and uh, Candice LeRae, uh, we had uh, I hear honking in the background. That totally threw me off. But uh, Dexter Lewis 
is getting in the way there. So um, every either the losses are in the way. Dexter Loomis is in the way, but any way you want to cut it, uh, the way is really becoming a, you know quite a fun little dramatic piece week after week to see where it heads. And uh, if anything, Kyle getting another win is good for his standing because everything always feels like with Kyle O'Reilly that he's two or three weeks of losing in a row to just being the guy who hands out wins. And uh, I'm not excited for that time, but it sure as heck is a coming. Um, do have another comment here. Um, oh, and Andre's uh, on board with uh, the, the Sting and Orange Cassidy and uh, also loving the LA Knight and Cameron Grimes angle. I, I just, I can't get enough of it right now. Mike, your dishonorable mention. I, yeah, I would really like to see just uh, like a comedy show between Cameron Grimes and Orange Cassidy. I, I would really like to see what they can Ooh. put together Sunday. Um, but yeah, uh, dishonorable mention. It was just because of the fumbly, fumbly-itis here on the on the pro exchange. Because Chavo Guerrero came out. My God, Chavo! He came out with Andre El Idolo. Uh, but my, my beef was that uh, the quote was... Uh, they're trying to recruit uh, Penta. They're trying to break up the Death Triangle, uh, trying to separate Penta and Ray Phoenix away from Pac. And Chavo said a line that was akin to, uh, you work for El Idolo now. You don't work for Pac. And Pac said, they don't work for me. We're teammates. And Chavo kind of looked at Andrade and was like, oh. Sorry, we've had it wrong. Like he that's not where the promo went, but it was clearly on his face. Right? I don't know if he forgot the line or, or what happened, but he's like, I was under the impression they worked for Pac, so I, I think our angle's kind of gone. Uh but now it looks like they're gonna they're gonna feud with each other and you know it's gonna be outstanding matches here out. Um they're gonna be fighting to be the Latino of um AEW. That's that's what it sounds like the storyline's gonna be. Any excuse to see Ray Phoenix and Andrade fight is Good enough for me. Uh, but, yeah, moment number one. It was uh, easily the best match of the fight fest between the two nights. It was uh, Moxley and the Murderhawk. Murderhawk actually living up to his, his moniker um, and destroying Moxley through, you know, a table. Uh, Moxley lost um, a 10 count because he was stuck to barbed wire. Um, if that's not a Moxley finish to a match, I don't know what is. It wasn't a death match, but it was a barbed wire match. Um if it's the one segment you watch on AEW, we'll make it two because I want you to watch Chavo kind of get stuck about the, the teammates line. Uh, but watch the violence. This is old school. This is I think this is why this is a match that Moxley would leave WWE for uh, to get annihilated, to get gored, uh, to get bloody, uh, to just get battered, broken um, and, and lose and not feel too bad about it to the murder hawk who, who finally gets to have some gold. In this company, it, it kind of felt like he was always going to be, uh, you know, the bridesmaid. Now he gets to be uh, the champ. So I uh, really love that idea there. Um, he's going to have that IWGP US title uh, for a while here. And uh, yeah, it's a good booking decision. Matt, your dishonorable mention for next extra 10. Um, I could easily pick uh, the women's championship match that ended early. Uh, but that's that's a whoopsie. Um, so I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the NXT breakout tournament. I had to look up what it was called again because um, they kind of screwed up squash matches. Uh, they had uh, Big Boy 
Odyssey Jones versus Andre oh, Chase. Odyssey. Yeah. And he um, to be 400 pounds. They basically let Andre have like steal the show. And then it was still like a squash. So there were a couple of moves that Andre was, you know, it was like we were saying, like, he's still pretty good. So don't don't forget about Andre as we move forward. But clearly this is about Odyssey Jones. And this might have been a good spot to just let him dominate. And um, so far, the NXT breakout tournament has screwed that up two weeks in a row. Um, So overall, that's my dishonorable mention. It's just how they're letting this play out. Uh, But number one for NXT... Um, Mike, this wasn't necessarily a match, but there were things, you know, the last couple of weeks that have led up to this. Uh, of course, Samojo being the referee, but number one segment of the night, Samojo demanding to face Karrion Cross, getting cleared to wrestle, Cross taking Ooh. out William Regal. But this is Samoa Joe, like at his very best, is when you're scared to hit the unmute button because you know he's coming out to yell at someone. Um, Samoa Joe does not belong in, uh, the, you know, this, the, what do I want to say here? Um, uh, oh my gosh. I can't think of the, I can't, I can't think of it at all. I'm so, uh, it's so late. Um, and in the role of, of, I'm sorry. What were you thinking of? Like he's, he's in the commissioner role kind of thing. Um, like he's got to have this all mixed into fighting. And this is what we really want for Samoa Joe. So for all these rules to come into play for, you know, he's going to be an NXT, but he can't do any wrestling. He can't touch anybody. Um, I'm glad that this is all going away and it's going away fast. And it's going to end up being a huge match against the guy who just lost to Jeff Hardy. Um, but I'm going to try and not let that get in the way uh, because Samoa Joe selling the fuck out of this. And you got to believe too, like he... He saw what happened with Jeff Hardy. He knows that all of his work is going into building Karrion Cross. So they could either just sit there and go, well, clearly this isn't going to mean a goddamn thing. Or they can do what I'm guessing they're going to do is put on one hell of a match and make sure we forget what happened with Jeff Hardy and just continue to sell Karrion Cross. But a lot of, uh, I guess... Momentum moving in the direction of Samoa Joe getting the win here, taking the title, taking over NXT, and then carrying Cross uh, moving up to the main roster because he's certainly getting a lot of play on uh, television recently. So good, good chance that'll happen as well. And uh, I can't say I'd be upset if uh, Samoa Joe is the guy to take out carrying Cross as one of the most dominant NXT champions we we watched uh, over the last. Uh, I guess I. I how old is NXT now? However, since however long NXT has existed, uh, one of the most dominant NXT champions. Before we go, Matt, I want to share two things with you. Um, when I go to the WWE shop, the top two items, of course, are John Cena, Never Give Up, Samoa Joe's Provoke Me t-shirt, uh, two different styles on that one. And man, moment, like shirt number three here. Um John Morrison with a phallic-looking T-shirt symbol. It says, America's Moist Wanted. Just wondered if you were excited. Do you want me to pick one? one? For SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, for SummerSlam. You know what? Mike, I don't own a John Cena shirt. I know this is boring, but um, I think I, I think I want to look like a Sprite can uh, coming up. 
that's 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 my choice looking at it online it looks kind of like a john deere lawnmower like it's really green and yellow like it's yeah. like blind that'll be green. the first shirt in uh my dresser that'll be that shade of green that's right my cat just uh so that's a lot of green bro all right matt we ready to sail off into the sunset Let's do it. Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Find us at uh, bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, if you are a Red Wings fan, uh, of course, we'll be going uh, uh, into this, the first-round conversation for the Detroit Red Wings in, their, uh, in the NHL draft uh, tomorrow. That'll be some fun. Um, but uh, please hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. I've been playing Resident Evil 7 and uh, described it yesterday as we recorded for our Red Wings episode as me walking around, playing the game, just going huh, every couple of minutes because I have to be quiet while uh, my little man uh, sleeps in my lap. And there's Mike's little man, uh, who you can only ah. see on YouTube <laughs> if you watch us there. Mike's little man, who is uh, Clegane. Uh, Mike, what's the social security number? Of the cat? Yeah. I, I don't know. Or I'm just kidding. You got a, you got a really low number. Yeah, yeah there's nowhere to go with that. Um, all right. Yeah. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. <laughs>